Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. Hey guys, how's it going and welcome to another episode of Pat's Chat. It is myself, Matt. I have not got Jake with me, but I have a very special guest. If you've read the title of the pod, you will know exactly who it is, but you know she gets, deserves an introduction no less. Uh, multifaceted, multi-sport personality. You might have seen her on NFL Overtime in recent weeks as well, Um a face the the voice doesn't sound like it but she is a face of the the sport over here the nfl the uk in general and it's a great to have her on it's phoebe Schechter. how are you phoebe i'm very well thank you how are you good thanks uh, i know we've said it pre-record but merry christmas to you and yourself and your family of course with your lovely sweater on <laughs> <laughs> thank you um yeah not the best for um a listening medium but yeah i do have um, Rudolph all over my um, jumper so um, and as I just said to Phoebe a minute ago it does match my daughter so it's it's you know it's one of these sad cliche things that we do at this time of year isn't it <laughs> that's exactly what this time of the year is for so it's good you guys can have your matching jumpers on <laughs> yeah and she's actually getting into football a little bit now which is she's realizing what it is and you know all that kind of jazz and we were throwing a ball about the other day in the living room and um she can't quite catch it yet. I've doinked it off her head a few times, but you know. <laughs> yeah, it's teaching them how to make that basket when they're so little, isn't it? And getting yeah. used to it that way. Because <laughs> she's like, she holds her hands like this, and then you know, you try and throw it, it goes straight through her hands, and you're like, oh no, off the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do our pinky catches nice and low. <laughs> yeah, I just need to get you around the house. You'll show her what to do, and then we'll be sorted. Exactly. Sorted. <laughs> um, I didn't, I actually was um, speaking to um, Jeff Reinbold last week for the podcast and I didn't get a chance to ask him, which annoyed myself a little bit, but I'll ask you because you were there in person as well. Was that NFL overtime show I spoke about earlier um, when he mentioned yourself and Hannah and being at the forefront of such a thing? Like for me personally, um, and admittedly, I wouldn't have been like this to almost three years ago before she was born but you know now you take on the mantle of it and you try and project good things in terms of females and stuff you know the sort of basically like thank you for being at the forefront of these things and um yeah I was I was as touched as probably as many people were that with um, Jeff's words at the time yeah definitely and you know I I've known Jeff for a while now, and he's always been such a massive supporter of anybody, right? It doesn't matter what your gender or background mm. is. Um, and he'd kind of before the show said he wanted to say something special during his introduction. And I think it was really touching for Hannah and myself because we're both females working within a, an industry um, you know, where perhaps females aren't the ones that are seen most often. And we're both, we both have very different routes that we're taking, but we're still trying to spread the love of the game and, and be the best at our jobs as they possibly are. And I think, 
you know, as you were saying before, I think being a girl dad really makes, really makes that hit home, but it just changes your view on the world because especially if you're, you know, you're a male growing up and you kind of have this totally different view on the world. And, and all of a sudden when you have like a little one and especially a little girl, you just want them to be able to achieve absolutely anything out there. And, you know, Hannah and myself have both gotten to where we are through incredible men in our lives. You know, these men tend to be the ones in these spaces that we're trying to get into. So it takes people like yourself, it takes people like Jeff to help open up doors or, you know, lift us on their shoulders. So, you know, it's a big thank you to, to everyone out there as well. You know, it's, we wouldn't as females be able to get as far into these spaces if it wasn't for the males who are there as well. Mm, it's a it's a bit of a weird dynamic really isn't it that the males are I mean they're dominant in a lot of industries I, I guess but especially so in sports and you know it's something as simple as just I mean I've never did and I've I've said this before it's maybe a naivety thing that speaking to you now about sports is just like speaking to a male about sports um, and if not greater so because you're involved in it and you're at the heart of it rather than actually just you know my friend who stays next door that's maybe played amateur at, the, at that sort of level you know what I mean and um, but looking at it from my point of view no as I say it's just a, a wonderful thing and that's why I think you're third fourth I think you're the fourth female guest I've had on this year and it's a proud fact of mine that um, for Pat's chat and and Jake's the same, um, because although it's a as I say it's a listening medium, he is of um, race and ethnicity, and so he takes these things on board so, as well. And you know through the whole BLM during this COVID, he was out there and he stays down near London. He was out in London and doing his bit, and a lot of people, especially in the media, would have said differently to you know, why are you out there? You should be locked up in your house at the moment. But it takes steps like this to push things forward, doesn't it? Yeah, massively. And I think we all have to do our part in, you know, giving everyone equal opportunity, whatever that looks like, you know, and I think this, you know, sports are starting to realize that big businesses are starting to realize it, that diversity of thought actually can grow your business. And the more diverse uh, diversity you have within an organization, you know, you tend to have a lot more creativity. You tend to have a lot more happy people. You tend to have a lot more people that reflect who your customers are because they can also relate to your customers because they've come from those backgrounds. I mean, and I think, I think American football is, is so special. I know you said in the beginning in terms of, of talking to me is like talking to anybody else. And I think American football really lends itself to that, especially in the UK, because it's still sport that's kind of unknown. It's still kind of in its infancy in a lot of ways. So people tend to start on the same playing field in terms of knowledge base and experience. So it actually allows whatever your background is, race, um, gender, anything like that, to be able to kind of grow and learn together. Whereas I think sometimes, you know, more prevalent sports like football, there there is this kind of hierarchy of, of you know, there aren't many females involved in the sport, for example. Um, so I think that just kind of something that makes American football so special in the UK and something that we should never let go of. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, because just as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, with um, 
soccer, then, you know, if you're a female, you go, oh, I like soccer. Oh, who's your team? Oh, it's Arsenal, United, whoever. You go, oh, but what's the offside rule? You're just like, really? I thought we'd kind of come past that stage 10, 15, 20 years ago or whatever. But even now, you probably still would get asked that question and, you know, oh, who's your favourite player? And you just like them because of the, how they look or whatever it is. And I guess that goes for NFL and, oh, you pick Brady or whoever or, because that's how they look. And, you know, you're not, do you not think the, the offensive line look nice or whatever because they're big burly dudes and things? But, you know, it's, it's, you're right. The whole level playing field is you go into it and you go, right, we've all, all started off at some point going, what is this thing <laughs> you know what is happening <laughs> yeah and we, it's just baby steps I mean even now like I'm not I don't profess to know even probably even half as much as you because you've been involved in it you've been in the meeting rooms you've been immersed yourself in it whereas I, I mean for myself and a lot of people we're still outsiders looking in really yeah and I think that's one of the really interesting things that I've kind of learned along my journey in terms of meeting other people and meeting incredible fans and people who love the sport. It's so hard because until you're in it, it you'll never be able to explain to people the like in-depth layers to which you actually like look into a team, for example, you know, every week when you start doing your studies on, on your upcoming opponent, I mean, you just get so in depth in the reports and, you know, you want to, I, I personally want to try and share as much of that as possible because they're, I know how much, you know, people love the sport and they want to, they want to learn it. And, and, and like you said, immerse themselves in it. Um, and it's, you know, that's the one gift I wish I could give people is like, how can it make you feel like hmm. you, you're experiencing that? Hmm. It's, and I guess that's my way of doing it is through this and through talking to people like yourself is trying to gain that sort of experience in in a different form if you will but I mean I've touched on it there and so I think we should get into it a bit more with your actual time at the Bills like how did that come about and you know what led you to think that was there other teams involved that you or was the Bills always the one that you wanted to look at and go towards? Yeah and I think to kind of understand how I got there just a mini background of of that really the journey to that was I started playing American football when I moved to the UK. So eight years ago, and I'd never really followed the sport at all, which I'm, I'm ashamed to say, but I, I got into the sport. I started playing and, and have been able to play for GB since then, and then knew that I couldn't play forever. So that's when I got into coaching. Um, and I did a couple of internships and applied for something called the Bill Walsh diversity fellowship. So within this, you choose at back in the day, you would choose five teams and really just hope that you would get picked by one of the five. Um, I'd been in contacts with the Falcons uh, because basically the assistant GM at the time, Scott Pioli, has really become one of my close friends, but also one of my, my really good mentors. Um, I hadn't heard back from, or well, I had heard back from the other three teams, apologies. And, and they basically had said, no, um, you know, at this point, they're really was only Katie Sowers who was still involved and she was interning with the Falcons at this time. Um, and then it was a very slow process hearing back from the bills. And I pretty much said yes to the Falcons at this point when I received an email leaving my meeting with Scott Pioli and it was from coach McDermott. And 
he, he gave me a call right afterwards and said, you know, are you speaking with anybody else, any other teams? And I really wanted to be transparent and said to him that, yes, I was speaking with Scott and, and the Falcons. And I just remember him saying, well, tell Scott, you say, thank you, but you're going to be a bill now. And that was it. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I'll always remember that moment. <laughs> so from that, was it that personal thing like I, I hear about it back in the day with um soccer managers that that was how business was there wasn't these agents and things that you get now you just got that phone call goes you know you're coming to play for us sort of thing was that the thing that you go right okay i've made even though i've spoken to falcons that's i've totally flipped and gone in a different direction because of that personal touch or i think that was definitely the final driving factor for me um i had i'd interviewed uh, basically with three different people uh, within the Bills organization. So it is, it's not as easy as, okay, you know, come on and board. You do have to interview. And so they understand where your level is. Um, but there was actually two things that really kind of pushed me towards the Bills, including Coach McDermott's call. One of them is they were just, the, the Falcons were just off the back of their Super Bowl appearance the year before. Um, and personally, I never felt at that time that I was ready for that to be with a team that had come off of that. I'd never been with an NFL team before. And I felt like I was really, I wasn't going to offer as much value as I hope I could have, you know, I wanted Mm. to make sure this, this experience was still mutually beneficial. Um, And the second thing is uh, one of our awesome British coaches is over there at endured and he's with the Falcons as Mm an assistant linebacker coach. And, and I've worked for Adin and I've worked with Adin and I thought there's no way I can be at the same team as him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I just didn't want people thinking that I was going to a team where Adin was just because it was a British connection or anything like that. You know, we have so much respect for each other, but I wanted to, I wanted to kind of blaze my own path and um, really that final call with coach McDermott cemented that for me. Yeah, that makes total sense that you wouldn't want to be sort of labelled as that person just because he's there. And by all intents and purposes, from what I hear from um, listening to the fumble with Vernon Kay, who's got close ties to Adam as well, that, you know, he's obviously a stand-up guy and stuff, but still it's totally you can go in a different direction, say, no, actually, I'm going to stand him on two feet. Thanks, yeah. but, you know, I'll take, I'll call you if I need advice, but otherwise I'll be over this part of the country and not with you exactly and and it worked out great and you know and we were able to do just that call each other and and you know have these conversations I mean teams do it all the time um and plus the Bills have a female owner which is always pretty cool with Kim Pagula and she's an amazing human just to be around yeah I bet and so if we fast forward to now with the Patriots playing the Bills on Monday night is there anything from your time there that you would have gleamed that you think, you know, they've, they're doing things right and that's how they've come to this stage now that, you know, they're becoming a force to be reckoned with, as a lot of people will say in the, um, the AFC this year and especially in the division because they've clinched the division and they could sweep the, the Pats for the first time since 99. Do you think they've, whatever they're doing is actually going to, like, you know, be the catalyst that takes the sweep sort of thing. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is, is looking back to when coach McDermott got involved with the bills and he, from that first, really that first day that he was in the building, 
he brought everyone. So not just your coaches and your player and, and that kind of front office side, he brought the people selling tickets. He brought anybody who's involved, you know, the cafeteria folk, anybody who's involved in, in the bills organization brought everyone together and let everyone know this is the direction that we are going to go. And essentially if it, if it doesn't belong, if you don't feel like it connects with you, you know, this is your opportunity to, to step back. And I think that was the key catalyst in terms of knowing his vision, knowing that everyone has to be on board because we all have to pull the same direction. And what we've seen over these past few years is, um, you know, obviously getting in Josh Allen was massive, you know, getting in a franchise quarterback like that, but he's had the right people around him and you've got the right messaging from the top, top down. And when you have that consistency all the time, you know, people, people don't want to come to Buffalo and play us. They don't, they don't want to, you know, we're a really tough team to beat because yeah, we've got some awesome players, you know, having digs this year was massive and, and Beasley's really stepped up, but actually we've got a lot of really great guys. There's not really that many few players you can pick on or set your matchups against because everyone plays with such heart and they all play for each other. And I think that's probably my, one of my biggest learnings from coach McDermott is how he's been able to pull this team together and, you know, pretty much create a family whilst at any moment, any one of them could be gone, you know, or traded somewhere else. And I think now we're finally seeing the kind of belief in the process and all of that coming to fruition. Yeah, I think so. And sadly for us, <laughs> at the opposite end of uh, the brunt of it. Um, but him and Brandon Bean seem to have this total like synergy going. And I've um, actually watched a, the the YouTube series that the, the Bills produced. I've watched that and I would urge anyone to watch it because anyone that's an NFL fan, you know, that likes all or nothing, likes hard knocks, then this series with the Bills and I can't remember the one that I've watched with the, the Cleveland Browns have done one as well on YouTube and but as you say that getting Josh Allen in and this whole culture that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean have managed to like create at the Bills since the pair of them have been there I mean I guess you'll know um, but it's always said that like the Buffalo is never like it's not a fancy place. It's not like a flashy place. It's not somewhere you go, you know, if you're coming out of college and you're going to be drafted, you go, do I want to go and play in three foot of snow and minus 15 degrees? But yeah, I, I dare say that meeting them when they go for their meetings and their interviews and stuff at the combine and such like that, you know, they they draw you in and they want it and they draw you, they drew you in because obviously you got the phone call and you go, right, I'm, I'm going. So yeah, you're a prime example of what they're doing there, surely. Yeah, massively. And, you know, like you said, it's, it was so cool because some of these players, like you're saying, these rookies and, and even veteran players had never seen snow before yet. Mm. We've got them out to Buffalo, you know, and it's, um, it's just a testament to the organization because they're so, forward thinking. They're so progressive in everything that they're doing in their, you know, whether it's down to like their performance center, where they're literally trying to give these guys everything spiritually, physically, emotionally, whatever it is that they need, um, they can get that at, at the organization to the point where it makes you almost never want to leave the building. And what better place for you to go and work where you get to be with your friends all day, you get to do the thing you love, 
and you can just hang out the rest of the day. You know, I think it's that environment and, and all those people in the environment, because, you know, yeah, as a coaching staff, we spend a lot of time with them, but what are your athletic trainers, your physios, what are they like with them? Do they keep them in the building? Do they want to, you know, so you have to make sure that that messaging is so clear and everyone's giving that same messaging all the time. Uh, and I think that's something that they've done really, really successfully there. Mm, definitely. Um, again, at the Patriots detriment, unfortunately, um, at the moment at least, but I mean, uh, we've, as soon as Brady left the building, I think we've all got to realise that the Patriots were in a transitional year and it was never going to be easy regardless of how well the, the Bills have played and obviously the, the Dolphins have stepped up in the division this year as well. Um, but I was just thinking as well about your experience and how it can relate to now. And I always, I mean, it's it's always probably will be my first sport is soccer and how the, the differences and how... Um, I was listening to guys I know, but I listened to their podcast and they were saying now that if you had the likes of like Chelsea and Arsenal on that was on yesterday or if shift that into today um, and you've got the Bills against the Browns or something, I think a lot of people now in the UK are hedging towards we're just going to um, watch the NFL you know, that's becoming the primary sport. And I can't remember who it was I listened to you on a, a while ago. Maybe, I think it was maybe with Nat Coombs possibly he was on with maybe a year ago or so. And the schedule just sounds mental. Like, what is it, like six till six basically every day as you prepare for, you know, that weekend's matchup. Yeah, even later. I I get in the building at 5.15 and on average leave at like 11.30 p.m., 11, you know, maybe later. There's literally been more. You got a little bed next to your desk that you can go for a little nap. Yeah, essentially. We do have sleep pods. So if we need to have a 30-minute nap. That sounds but. amazing. So how, how does that all go if anyone's not familiar with how things are? Like, you know, why would you want to be there at 5.15, you know, when most people want to get up as close to leaving time as possible to get to their desk at eight or nine whatever time they start and (laughs) again it comes to to the culture I think doesn't it yeah absolutely I mean there's just so much to get done though and I guess part of it helps like looking at the whole week of a football team so let's say Sunday you play your game Monday the guys are in the building and it's reviewing Tuesday the, the players aren't in the building it's just prep work for the upcoming team um, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you've got practice, uh, Saturday's walkthroughs and maybe flying out if you're leaving that afternoon for an away game. Um, and then we have meetings at night and then you're back to Sunday and it kind of cycles through. So on average, um, so let's say we're, we have a day where we've got practice, so like a Wednesday, um, you get in, you get all your stuff ready, um, for the day basically, because we'll have our first offensive meeting at about quarter to seven. Um, and then we have our offensive meeting just as a staff. Then we go and meet with our positional group. So you get a few extra minutes with them to install anything. Then we go into team meeting at 7.30. And, and like you're saying, culturally, every organization can make their own schedule. So Coach McDermott was insistent that every single day we meet as a team. Um, and, I, and I love the idea of it mm. as well. So yeah, so meet as a team at 7.30. Uh, then you go into offense and defensive meetings 
then you break into positionals, then you've got special teams and scout. So if you've got your practice squad guys um, doing scout team, you meet with them. We go into walkthroughs, quick, like 30 minute changeover. The guys grab something to eat. We make sure everything's prepped as coaches back out to the field for practice. Uh, practice is about two hours. Then we're literally as coaches um, getting all the film from practice to watch. So we eat our lunch, watch the film from practice, then go back to our, we go to special teams, offense and defense. We break out into positionals to review practice. And by then we're coming up to about our staff meeting. So you're looking at, we're about 5.30 by now. Um, we have our staff meeting at the end of the day. And then now we're prepping for the next day because every day is usually a different like zone on the field or it's maybe, you know, first and second, uh, second downs, you might get short yardage, um, situational stuff, anything like that. So it just depends on which day and what we're prepping for, because the other key thing is making sure we're not giving too much information to the guys so that they're overwhelmed and, and not able to absorb it. So we try mm-hmm. and give it to them in chunks. So at least then you remember, because really you only have, uh, essentially Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to memorize everything, get rid of everything from the team before and now put into action and go kick butt on Sundays. <laughs> yeah. Just as you were going through that, that was the exact same thing that was going through my mind was like, wow, how does all this like go in and go out and go in and go out? And, you know, it's what, I guess it's why they say football smarts is such a a thing that they look out for um, when they're trying to recruit new players because, I mean, you've got to be switched on. Otherwise, you see what can happen and you've got penalties left, right and centre because you've done the wrong thing or you've broken left instead of right and in instead of out. And it's just an absolute minefield. And I suppose, um, I mean, over here with soccer and I guess in, in Europe and that in general, that it always just seems like they're really lazy in comparison to the NFL because they go in, they do nine or 12. So that's it. They'll get their lunch and then they go home. I'm I'm on the golf course at two o'clock or whatever. And like, I just, I, I think it's another aspect to people that are into the sport from this country that, the you know that comes with the whole the hard work and the graft and stuff is something that British people can relate to and this whole histrionics thing and that you get in soccer now where you know you you tap them on the shoulder and it looks like they've been punched in the face that you can't get that when two three hundred pound guys are colliding together can you no exactly and I think you know what I like now is and part of I guess networking within the UK within sport it's been really cool for myself to be able to, you know, team up with other sports, whether it be soccer or basketball or rugby, field hockey, whatever it may look like. And really there's been a lot of sharing of information, which has been pretty cool because you learn so much from other sports. So it's not just me giving to other sports in terms of what we do in American football. It's actually, there's a lot within, you know, soccer football that, Mm -hmm. that we can take and learn that way. But yeah, that was probably when I first moved over here, when I started watching like soccer football, that was probably the one thing that got me was, you know, the, the like hysterical falls to the floor. And, <laughs> you know, I think my biggest complaint was how can you guys play all that time and still nobody could score at the end of the game? It's like, it never happened. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think it was was it three weeks ago that was Jalen Ramsey actually pulled out such a stunt as well. And it was just like, oh, no, <laughs> like, uh, what is he up to trying to get um, a flag thrown for whatever reason? But it was just so what I so actually look, looking at Monday, then we'll look at yourself as we, we finish up. Where do you think that the Bills have got a chance on Monday? And do you think they've actually, you know, they've got a road to the Super Bowl mapped out sort of thing? I do think they have a, a chance on Monday. You know, I think part of the playing in Foxborough is hard, right? That is not an easy place to, to be. And playing the Patriots, yeah, they might not have had the best start to the year, but they've been building momentum. And um, again, especially when you, go to, when you go to Foxborough, they do everything they can to make your life just a little bit challenging. Um, and I know obviously you guys are all, all Pats fans, but like, for example, when... Um, I don't know if, if you ever look at Foxborough, look at the top of the stadium and there's this tiny little box in the way top. And that is the away coaches box. That is where we, <laughs> we are. So you literally at halftime have to come down through the fans, through the concession stand, down into an elevator, all the way underneath the building, get to the locker room. You get about 30 seconds to talk to your guys before you have to get all the way back up for the next uh, kickoff or return. Um, so they, you know, little things like that all the time, just kind of make it a bit challenging on you. But, you know, I think to be honest, like, and I'm not just saying it cause I, I love the bills, but I think they've had so much momentum. They've been so successful on the road. Um, I know they're really amped for this in terms of being able to, to beat the Patriots, you know, I mean, that's a really big statement for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to be a game where both all three, um, elements of the games, you know, offense, defense, special teams will have to be so consistent and be so disciplined because the Patriots are great at being able to adapt and, um, you know, change play calls whenever they need it. So I think the bills will have to be really, you know, come out, come out like as offense, we love to score first. Right. So that's really probably going to be their game plan. Um, and then from there, they're just going to have to keep just being disciplined and I, and I know the Patriots will be looking just for the, them to make that one little mistake where they can really strike from there because that's kind of the coaching staff they've always had. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting game. I think it's one that I know the players are so pumped for. You know, some of these guys have never – they've played for the Bills all these years and they've never beat the Patriots in that way. So fingers crossed for that. But, no, I'm looking forward to a good fight from, from both sides of the ball. Just be good football. Yeah, definitely want to stay up for then, you're saying – Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> don't we, we don't have work the next day. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's a holidays. It's fine. I, I'm off on holiday just now anyway, so it's good. Um, <laughs> gives me a chance to watch it rather than falling asleep at two o'clock and having to catch up the following day. Exactly. <laughs> so do you think they can actually get all the way to the, the Super Bowl? And do you think that the Chiefs are probably going to be the main team to beat in the AFC to get there? Yeah, I would. I would say so. I'd say, you know, and I'd say the Chiefs are obviously a great team, right? And they're one, just having Andy Reid there, Coach McDermott comes from that chain of Andy Reid. So they're all kind of from that same coaching family and he's worked underneath them and he's got so much respect for them. Um, but also Coach McDermott, Brandon Bean, they've been, they've been part of a championship team before. They've been part of Super Bowl teams. And I think having that experience, being there and, and knowing what that feels like will definitely help in terms of, getting the rest of the organization to that level. Um, 
I think they have an opportunity, but they just need to keep being consistent. They need to stay healthy over these next few weeks. You know, I think they'll probably be going into bubbles as well at this point in terms of making sure they're not coming in contact with anyone outside of the organization. So they'll be doing everything possible to keep their guys healthy. And, um, you know, it's for them, it's one game at a time. So yeah, they, they've got that as an end goal, but it's all about what's next, who, who are we going to play next that they're focusing on? Mm, I, I guess it goes back to what you're saying about the scheduling that you, you can't do anything but because you've got to absorb so much information for that week, for that team, for that game to then spit it all out and, and start again the following week. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and especially when you're playing division rivals, you know, you, it, it's kind of like, it helps you in some ways because in some ways you don't necessarily have to prep as much, especially if it's the second time you've played them, because you've got all that um, information that you prep for the first time playing them. But it also means they have more footage of you playing. They've got more recent footage of what guys you're using. And, you know, so it, it kind of makes it a bit more complicated like that too. Um, but that's the, the beauty. That's the kind of aggressive chess that we play. <laughs> that is American football. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And just looking back on yourself, but as we finish up Phoebe, um, in terms of what you're doing now and what you might look to do in the future, how's all that looking for you at the moment? Yeah. You know, it's, it's really exciting. I think this year has been a great time for everyone to reflect um, and, and kind of take advantage of what opportunities we can. And for me, it's definitely been that, you know, I, I'd, I've had a great time being back in the UK. I've loved every minute of what we've been able to do here, whether it's with, you know, the next generation or grassroots in terms of schools programs or in leagues. Um, but for me, you know, it's, it's definitely coaching is my passion and I've loved coaching our, our GV under 19s kids. They've been amazing. Um, but there's really no comparison for being with an NFL team. Uh, so for me, that's definitely my end goal is to get back out to the States and get with the team. Um, but it's just about working hard right now and doing the best I can and kind of letting people know that I, I want to be out there and be coaching again. So now it's time to phone Adam and use that contact to get back to the team. Exactly. Remember that time <laughs> I didn't want to come out there with you? <laughs> Well, good luck with it all. And um, thank you very much for taking the time out to, to speak to myself um, for the podcast. It's much appreciated. And um, just before I let you go as well, where can everyone find you on the internet and interact with you and such like? Yeah, um, literally any socials. It's all kind of Phoebe underscore Schechter or something along those lines. But anything I can ever help with, you know, I want to try and and get more people to fall in love with this game. So Phoebe Schechter or the UK Jukes is my American football company over here. So any of that, uh, we'd love to, to really grow the game the best that we possibly can. And thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun to, to talk some football. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And I urge anyone to go and check out the UK Jukes because some of that stuff is insane. That's a, that's <laughs> like football on a different level than it's yeah. Like, just go and check out it's so much fun just to watch it it takes away from actual like the x's nose but it's it's brilliant thank you i appreciate uh, that <laughs> and uh thanks again phoebe much appreciated thank you phoebe Schechter there with myself as we look ahead to the bills game and look forward and back on her career what a great guest she was brilliant to chat to so fun and friendly and we'd love to get phoebe back on again in the future that's for sure 
Now that's it, a short, quick episode this time. I know this is going out quite close to kickoff, so hopefully you get to listen to this before then. Apologies, it's a bit late in coming out this week, but you know, it's festivities, bit drunk, bit food, engorged, enlarged, um, all that good stuff. Spending some time with the family over this festive period as well. And um, we've all got the new year to look forward to. Well, hopefully, look forward to. But um, you'll probably hear from us before the end of the week. End of the week is New Year. Um, it might be into the New Year when you hear from us, depending on when you listen to the next episode. But we've just got the bills um, tonight and then the Jets to come after that. So fingers crossed we come away with two and two, finish eight and eight in the season. Um, and, you know, it would be a positive end to the season, I guess, doing that. And that's it, folks. Just as I say, quick, sharp, short this time around. Um, but remember, rate, review, and subscribe. If you want to catch us on Twitter, it's at Pat's Chat UK, and on Instagram, add us on there at Pat's Chat UK. Myself is at Matt Inkster. Jake is at Jake Paul Design. And remember those five star reviews and comments, folks. Much appreciated. That's it for now, folks. Happy New Year when it comes. If we don't speak to you before then, but for everyone else, we'll speak to you soon. Bye.